Welcome to the Digital Hoofprint Podcast, a podcast that empowers equine entrepreneurs to grow their business online and increase their impact, authority, and income. My name is Abriana, and I'm here to share my strategies for online growth, overcoming mindset blocks, and increasing productivity for horse business owners just like you. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Digital Hoof podcast. My name is Abriana and I am a brand and web designer with Black Unicorn Creative where we craft profitable web and brand experiences for businesses in the horse industry. I work with everyone from coaches to nutrition companies and e-commerce brands to other service providers. I have done it all and I am super excited to get back into 2022 and kind of get my life together a little bit and (laughs) subsequently my business. So this episode is about my 2021 reflection of the year and planning for 2022. Now, I don't know about y'all, but 2021 was hard. Okay, it was hard, and there were things that happened in this year that I truly did not expect, I didn't plan for, and I just wasn't ready for. I mean, I say I wasn't ready, but I survived, so you know, there's that. But I wanted to share some of the things that I had learned in 2021 and you let me know if you've kind of had the same revelations as me. We are year two into this panoramic and I'm just really, really trying to stay optimistic, but also practice what I preach because I know that it works and I have seen it work for people that I've coached and consulted for and worked with. So that's what I'm doing in 2022. I am practicing what I preach, but all right, we're going to get into some of the things that I learned in 2021. And I kind of already started talking about this. You can plan all you want and things will still not go to plan. And that's okay. (laughs) That's actually all right. I started, um, uh, my coach has an exercise for planning for 2022. And it said like, what were some of the, or what are three words that you want to take into this year? And I said adaptable, but then I was like, wait, hold up. I have been incredibly adaptable. I've been incredibly flexible. I am still here and I did not break. So that is a testament to my ability to adapt to my circumstances, my environment, and my situations. So it is not fair to me. Although there are so many things that changed in this year, it is not fair to me to say that I need to learn how to be that way because I already am. And that's, you know, if you've heard any of my episodes before, you know, I say make decisions based on facts, not feelings. It is a fact that I have been very adaptable to this year. And so I will do another video or do another um, episode or a video on my podcast or Lord have mercy. 
I will do another episode or another video on my YouTube channel about my word for this year. But that's the first thing I learned. You, you cannot plan all the things that you want. And if things don't go to plan, it is okay. My type A would like fall apart when things did not go as planned. I was, you know, self-sabotaging, self-loathing, self-criticizing um, when things did not go as I planned. And I had to, you know, accept that fact that it might not happen that way. And my skill, my ability, my strength is in that pivoting. It is in the, my ability to adapt. And so that leads me into the next thing that I learned in 2021. I can do hard things. I could do hard things. I did a lot of hard things this year. I made a lot of hard decisions this year. And through it all, I am still here. I'm still here. I am still pursuing my passion. I am still creating. I am still discovering myself. I am still here, okay? So sometimes I have to remind myself of these things. I am, if you need a pep talk, I am the one, okay? I can give you a pep talk back on it. But I also need to be able to be that pep talk, be that motivation for myself. And so I have to remind myself, I can do hard things. Next thing I learned in 2021 is that my value is, does not lie in what I can produce. But I also need to stop hiding behind my work. I place a lot of my worth and my, my value of self in what I could do or what I could do for other people. And that's not where value lies. And the reason why you don't place your value in what you could do or what you could do for other people is that this, as soon as someone says what, or as soon as someone else says what you've done for me is not valuable, you take that as a, to mean I am not valuable. That is not the case. You cannot control someone else's feelings or opinions about the things that you do for them, but you can think about your intention and based on facts, what it is, what, what have you done to help others or what have you produced and what is the impact of that and what are the feelings that you need to have uh, because of it. My value is not placed in my work or what I do for other people. My mantra is be you, create. And I often forget the first part, being yourself and truly owning that and understanding what that means and understanding what that means in my own life and not in the lives of other people. As service providers, we're always kind of thinking, what can I do for other people? How can I help this horse? How can I help this horse owner? How can I help this horse business? How can I help equestrians across the globe? How can I help them? But when it comes to helping yourself and 
pursuing your goals and your aspirations and aligning yourself with the vision you have for your life, that kind of falls by the wayside. So you are worth more than what you can produce, but on the other side of that is stop hiding behind your work which is something that I discovered that I do a lot, okay? <laughs> I do it a lot. I recently had a coaching call with this program that I'm in for e-commerce coaching. And this man didn't know me from sister girl down the street. And he said, you know, I hear what you're saying. You've explained cowgirl camera to me. You've explained you know, your experience to me, but I don't see that in your work. Why are you hiding? I said, oh, what? What do you say? It's like, why are you hiding behind your brands? Mm, sir, that's a good question. How much time we got? Uh, I'm gonna have to get back to you. <laughs> But that was a really good question. Why do I feel the need to hide behind the work that I am doing? There's one thing to say, my work speaks for itself. There's another completely other thing to say, like, I'm just going to produce the work and people may or may not even know that I did it. So this, uh, this year kind of showed me the, the fallout or the, the consequences of hiding behind my work and the things that I've created and the brands that I've built. So it's not to, you know, to be cocky or to, you know, show off, but it is to acknowledge the impact that I've already made, not only in this industry, but in the lives of the people that I am dedicated to serve. And so, that is one of the things that I really had to digest going into 2021. The next thing is that words are powerful. You have to be careful how you use them. Words, intentions, manifestations, all those things, you know, all the woo-woo shit. That stuff is powerful. I look back at my vision board for 2021. And although there was a lot of stuff that I did not plan to happen this year, there were some things that I realized could have had an alternate meaning. And, you know, one of the examples is um, I had a picture of a woman with a mic and, you know, she's podcasting just like I am now. And when I put it on there, I, I feel like I, my intention was, you know, I want to, I want to podcast more. Well, what ended up happening was I ended up being a solo host on not one, but two podcasts. And so when looking back at that vision board, I said, wow, yeah, this is, I, is this me podcasting more? I am now the solo host of two different podcasts, one more business oriented, this one, the Digital Hoofprint Podcast, and then one more socially and culturally oriented, which is Young Black Equestrians, the podcast. And I said, wow, like that is what kind of was brought to fruition. So these things are so powerful, you know, and, and speaking things into existence is 
really key. It is a really, really uh, unique ability that we have. So uh, be careful what you say, be careful what you uh, create, you know, around your life and around your family, around your business, because you might look back 12 months from now and say, oh, dang, girl, I guess that was kind of right. I guess that is what that means. I guess that is what that brought for you. The next thing that I learned or the last thing that I learned was that motivation is not enough. Motivation is not enough to get what you want done. I used to say, oh, I wish I was just more motivated. Oh, I wish I needed some extra motivation to get through this day. I need some extra motivation to make sure I schedule these emails or to make sure that I, um, you know, follow this process for this, this website launch. And it's not about motivation. You know, getting your work done or, or accomplishing things, finishing things, it is not about motivation. And I had to look back at the at my accomplishments and say, okay, what got me there? What got me there? It wasn't motivation. It wasn't about wanting to do something. It wasn't about saying, this is what the world really needs and I should do it. And I'm inspired to do it. It wasn't about any of that. It was about having self-discipline. It was about saying, I don't want to do it. I don't feel like doing this but this is what I said I'm gonna do, so I'm gonna do it. When I said that I was gonna develop a planning system for horse business owners, there were many times where I was not motivated to work in InDesign and figure out how to put this planner together, how to uh, navigate my relationship with my supplier, how to um, you know, really market this planner so that I, for the very first version, got a, a small amount of buy-in and really had time to go through and, you know, edit and make sure that it was something that was really valuable for people. A lot of times I was not motivated. It took me six months to do it. But at the end of the day, I said, okay, I have to get this done before October because of the print time. I got to get this done. This is what I said I was going to do. I got to get this done. Same with the Cowgirl Cameron book. I just had like a like month and a half of self-discipline that was like really, really strong. And I finished illustrating the Cowgirl Cameron book as well. Pre-orders um, went out in October. And so motivation is not enough. Self-discipline is a muscle and it needs to be exercised. And it's not until you get out there and take it one step at a time saying, you know, I'm doing this because I said I was. I'm doing this because I value the integrity of my word. I'm doing this because I said that this is something that I wanted to achieve. This is a goal that I wanted to accomplish. So despite not seeing some motivational posts on Instagram or someone pouring into me despite having a rough night, despite being up all night with my, or not all night, but being up 
and having to convince my grandfather that this is his house that he lives in and that we are not leaving because I am his caregiver if you did not know this about me. Um, despite all of that, I am going to show up for myself and I'm going to deliver what I said I'm going to deliver because I have a goal to reach. So that's what I'm going to do. Motivation is not enough. So in this next year, I am going to be really flexing that self-discipline muscle mentally, physically, and spiritually. And emotionally. All the least. I am going to be flexing that muscle. So those are some of the things that I really learned from this year. Um, I just wanted to share those because we're second, we're two years into a pandemic and with, you know, COVID doing its thing, making second rounds, like somebody's big cousin on Thanksgiving, like we don't know what is going to come up next. We don't know what is going to be the next biggest thing. We don't know what's going to be the next biggest concern. And so knowing that things won't go to plan, knowing that you can do hard things, knowing that you are more than what you can produce for other people and that you don't need to hide behind what you can do, knowing that what words and intentions you put out in the world are powerful and knowing that motivation is not going to be enough and you have to be disciplined to get everything done. Those are such valuable lessons for me in this year. And I absolutely plan on, on taking that and digesting it and going into this next year saying, all right, girl, gloves off. Like, let's go. Let's go. It's game time. It's game time. And I can rest, I can recoup, and I can get back up and get it done because that's just who I am. All right, so now we are getting into planning for the next year. Now, you just heard the Equipreneur Planner is live and direct. It is for sale. Um, I have just a few left, but once those are gone, it will be back on pre-order. But let me tell you something. Not only are these planners beautiful, not only do they have an amazing quality of paper, of imagery, of um, content, but they have, this entire project has truly made me realize how, or my unique ability to start something or to have an idea and bring it all the way from ideation to planning to execution to delivery. That is one of my superpowers. 
And so there's a lot of people out here who have great ideas, but what are ideas if you cannot make them happen? What are ideas if you cannot deliver on the concept? What are ideas if you continue to tell people that you're gonna do something and you never do it? There are some things that I have said that I was gonna do that haven't happened yet. Like my YouTube channel <laughs> or not happened in the magnitude that I really wanted, but I'm here, baby, 2022, I'm here and I'm gonna make that happen. So planning for the next year, the framework behind this planner is prioritize plan and profit. And so through lots of introspection and therapy, I've had to really kind of take a second and say, all right, prioritizing myself is not selfish. Prioritizing me is not selfish. I can understand what I need. I can communicate what I need. I can, I can, I can have expectations for my needs. That does not mean that I am being selfish. Hey, it works the same way for other people. I'm sure there's someone in your life who has said, I need something or I need this to be a certain way for me to understand. If you are a lesson program coach, a horse trainer, whatever, if someone says, I need for you to not yell at me when you're telling me what to do because I get nervous and I get clammy and I can't hear. Have you ever been in that situation where someone's yelling and they're yelling so much and they're like, what are you doing? and then you like can't hear that's me I just say if someone starts saying I can't hear you like I can't even hear because you're yelling but anyway that's just an example um it works the same way for other people so prioritizing yourself is not selfish and when you work through this planner which I'm about to go through it all over again I use my own systems I follow my own frameworks you know when you go through this planner it's like I feel confident I feel comfortable setting my own expectations and my own priorities and so there's something that I um, came across in a blog post that I really kind of understood or really kind of wanted to grasp or share with you that there is a when you prioritize, you know, you're setting goals, you're setting intentions, you're setting priorities, and you're making a plan. That's the second part, to plan, to get it done. Profits, that's the, that's the byproduct. Prioritizing and planning and executing on those priorities, profits are a byproduct of that. But a lot of times you'll go from prioritizing the planet, prioritizing the planet before you reach that profit. And it's very important for you to acknowledge or understand this cycle of achievement and belief. We talk about mindset all the time. And we say, you know, mentally I was struggling because of this, or I didn't believe I could, or blah, blah, blah. There's a cycle of achievement and belief. When you achieve something, you start to believe that you can do the next best thing, the next hardest thing, the next level 
of things. But there has to be some level of achievement. And so when you have that belief that you can do the next best thing, you achieve again. It's only, it's a two-pronged cycle, achievement and belief. And so if you are setting goals that are so astronomical that you are going to have to take 50 steps to achieve them, you're going to be on step 20 and you're going to be a little disgruntled. You're going to be a little sad. You're going to start having those doubts, that imposter syndrome, that doubt. The hesitancy. You're going to say, is this, I feel like I'm a little bit closer, but I haven't, I haven't achieved it yet. And it's been how long? So when you're, you're setting these priorities and planning to execute on them, you need to really think about this achievement and belief cycle, because strategically, this means that you need some stepwise milestones. You truly need to plan out these milestones. So if my goal is to increase my email list, that's one of the goals I have for 2022. I have a number that I'm not going to tell you just yet. If I want to get more subscribers on my email list, I say, okay, what is that next increment? What is that next goal? What do I need to do to get to that goal? Do I need to actually send out emails regularly because I fell off of that? I started to feel particular ways through the middle of the year. That's neither here nor there. But I fell off on my daily emailing. My open rates were decreasing. I felt like no one was listening. I felt like maybe that meant I didn't have anything to say. And so I didn't say anything. That is not the truth. And so I had to set myself up to achieve that next thing. So I said, what, what um, really caused me to, to say, okay, this is not working. This is not being helpful. It is data. My open rates were decreasing. No people stopped responding to my email. You know, because I always leave it open to respond. Just hit reply. Boom, I'm there. I will reply to you. But I had to ask myself, what can I do to adjust this data? The thing I had to do was remove the cold subscribers. I had to set a, a, a plan every two to three months to take out those people who are not receiving value from the things that I am sending, not opening emails anymore, not engaging with me anymore. I don't want to build a community of people who are not engaged. I don't wanna build a community of people who can't ask for help or won't ask for help. So I need to remove the people, remove those, those dead ends. You know, There's family and friends on, on there who you know, are really trying to support. They, they really, want to support me and I'm so thankful for that but they are not my audience so they're not opening my email so I had to let them go 
I had to let them go because that was affecting my ability to show up. Getting that data and seeing that, mm, nah, these people aren't listening. Okay, well, we just escort them out and that's okay. And so this achievement versus belief cycle, strategically setting myself up to hit those next milestones so I can continue to believe that I can achieve the next thing. You can do that too. Honestly, you really can. So we'll go back to the email list example. So I want to reach this particular number by the end of 2022. What do I need to do? All right, I'll go say 50. Let me get 50 more subscribers in quarter one. What do I need to do to do that? I need to send out emails regularly and give some sort of incentive, provide value, have my current subscribers who I know over 60% of them are opening almost every single email I have. Encourage them to invite people to this resource. Be a resource that people want to engage with. Continue to show up on my YouTube channel. Continue to produce podcast episodes. Continue to deliver emails weekly so that by the end of quarter one, I've got those 50 additional people because my content is valuable, shareable, and important to my audience. If I can continue to do that, if I can get those 50 people, that goal that I have at the end of the year is much more attainable. And I will know what is working. I will know what doesn't work. And I will be able to make decisions based off of that data. How I planned for this year was keeping it simple. I know you've heard of the acronym KISS. I don't like calling anybody stupid. So KISS for me means keep it simple and sexy, okay? Because who wants goals that are not attractive? Not me. I want my goals to be sexy. I want to keep them top of mind when I am daydreaming about whatever. I want to think of my goals and be like, mm, that looks good. That would look good on me. That goal right there, that is something I need in my life. That is attractive. It's simple. I will be able to get there. I know exactly how I need to get there. I just need to do it. But ooh, once I get there, mm, that's going to look good on me. That goal looks good on me. And keeping that thing sexy, keeping that goal sexy means I won't forget about it. How many goals have you made that you forgot about? You didn't even remember that you were supposed to have that goal because it wasn't attractive. It wasn't cute. It wasn't even something that you really wanted to do. It's something that maybe someone else told you you probably should do. And it just wasn't, it wasn't sexy enough for you to remember. And so here you are at the end of 2021, like, oh, dang. 
I did have that goal. I didn't I didn't really need it. But I made it. Ooh. Okay, I'm gonna just add it to the 2022 goals. Nah, throw that goal away. Throw it in the trash. Throw it away. Because this is not sexy for you. It is not attractive. It is not something that you keep top of mind. It is not something that you daydream about. You don't need it. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. I am setting my overarching goals for this year. This is how I'm simplifying this for myself because I've been through a lot of goal setting exercises. And last year I did this whole smart goal situation. And I'm like, yeah, specific, measurable, uh, attainable, uh, realistic, time-based. Yeah, for all my goals, yeah. But I didn't remember none of that stuff six months later. I didn't remember that. So we, we doing KISS goals, okay? From now on, we're doing KISS goals. Keep it simple and sexy. I'm categorizing these, these goals or these priorities for myself into three categories. My life, that is everything that is, that is of me, but outside of me. Myself, everything that's of me and in me. And then my business. And that's the work that I produce. And so breaking it down into that made me think, okay, boom. This is, these are the three categories that I can set goals in. If one of the three uh, is something that you are content with, then maybe you don't need to set these super overarching, like long term goals to that. Keep doing what I've been doing is a goal. Keep doing what works is a goal. So not only have I categorized to these three buckets, vision buckets, that's what I call them. I am planning for the quarter. Let me tell you why I'm planning for the quarter because Q1 of 2021, my life changed. Q1 of 2021, my mom was saying that she was going to quit her job to take care of my grandfather and um, the, the neighbors that were helping her passed away. And it was just, there was just so much stress. And I said, you know what? I am at home. I'm working from home. I can work from his house. Just give me some internet. I can work because I built that flexibility for myself. And so I had to uproot my animals. I had to move to where I am now. I'm no longer in the country, in the ambiance, in that kind of oasis of, of quiet. So I'm not planning for an entire year. <laughs> I, got, I got annual planning PTSD, okay? I am going to plan quarter by quarter. And so when I host my planning party, that's what we're going to do. It's going to be one quarter at a time. There is nothing about planning for the entire year that makes me happy. 
you know, and I had to talk about this through therapy. She said, what does it mean to plan for you? And it's like, when I make a plan, life is going to send me a curveball and I'm not going to expect it. And I'm not going to be happy about it. And so, although, you know, that may happen in quarter one. Yeah, sure. But I have not planned, set intentions for the rest of my year that will be significantly impacted. So let me break this down. I will have like general life, self, and business goals for the year. But as far as the breaking it down into milestones and understanding what's, what success looks like for that, I'm doing that quarter by quarter. And that way I can take the data from that quarter and say, do I need to adjust? Do I need to go in a different direction? What do I need to do with this information? That feels more secure for me. And so that's what I'm going to recommend for you as well. Per each quarter, I'm going to identify what success looks like and how I can measure that. How will I know? When I increase my email list, how will I know that I have been successful? What kind of data do I need to look at? Do I need, I need to look at my open rate? Yes. I need to look at the engagement around my posts or my email list. Yes. I need to look at um, my actual subscribers. Absolutely. You know? And so with that, I'll be able to assess mid-quarter and say, all right, girl, um, only putting a call to action on this page or on this post is not working. It is not getting you to where you want to be. It is not, you're almost at your 50 subscribers, but you're not there yet. So we got to change something. And this prevents you from going an entire year with a strategy that don't work. So that's my intention around that. Next, I am going to also set better boundaries. I've done, I believe, a podcast episode on setting boundaries, as well as maybe a YouTube video. But if I have, if I can find it, I'll link it in the, the show notes or in the, the, uh, the description. But I'm going to plan my days off ahead of time and stick to them. I plan days off this year and I work right through them because my days off didn't align with other people's days off. I work right through them. And girl, I'm saying this to me, girl, that was ghetto. That was not, mm -mm, that was not a boundary. And in order for me to achieve the life, self, and business goals I have, I need those boundaries. I do. I'm also going to make a commitment to, you know, really working with this planning system and setting habits and tracking my progress and holding myself accountable. In this planner, there is, um, there's a habit, habit tracker on the bottom, but also, you know, making a plan, planning my week and saying, this is what I need to be doing at this time. 
I don't have to be motivated to do it. I don't have to want to do it, but I need to do it. Why? Because I have goals I need to reach. And this planner is going to help me flex that self-discipline muscle so that I can attain my goals. I am simplifying y'all. I am simplifying and consolidating my creation, my creative process, my work, my life. I am simplifying. A lot of this year, simplification happened for me, okay? Lost people that I thought were close to me. Lost people that um, didn't have the best intentions, my best intentions in mind. And it's okay. It is okay. There is like not a single hint of anger from that. But simplifying and consolidating is truly, I have identified that's what's going to be needed for me to be successful. And so that requires me not to spread myself too thin. It requires me to say no more than I say no now. A lot of people think I say no a lot, but if I'm interested in something, I'm like, oh yeah, let's do it. And it's like, hmm, baby girl, does this align with your goals, your overarching goals? If that's not involved in a one of the, the steps that it's going to take for you to achieve those big goals that you have for yourself, then you got to say no. I mean, that is part of my business values. If it doesn't align, I must decline. And so I am really having to lean into those, not only in business, but in my life. Keeping those goals in mind, I am going to be creating systems and processes that make it easier for me to ask for help and be able to communicate what it is I need. So one of my big goals, y'all, one of my big goals for this year is to hire someone. It might not be for a lot of hours a month. It might not be like, it's not going to be like, it's going to be like the contractor. But one of my goals is to make my first hire this year, preferably in Q1 or Q2, first half of this year, because there are specific goals that I want to meet. Okay, let me take that back. I have these overarching goals that I want to meet, but there are significant levels that I am going to have to go up, those, those milestones that I'm going to have to hit before I get there. And honestly, I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need some help. And so if you are in the same place as me, you might have to ask yourself, am I going to be or try to be in such control of my goals that I don't know how to ask for help? That's not, that's no longer enough for me. That is not a excuse that I'm going to have to share. That is not an excuse that's, that's tolerable. I have a mission and I have a vision for my life and it, 
it's going to require help. And so that is a big goal for me is to create systems and processes in my, my, my business and even in my life to say, all right, this is what I need. Can you help me? Yes, this is how you do it. And kind of letting go of that need for perfectionism and control. So I hope that when you are planning out your 2022, that you give yourself some grace, give yourself some time to think, give yourself some time to digest and communicate what it is you truly want, not what someone else told you, not what you saw on the interwebs. What is it that you actually want and why? You can sign up for my email list, The Stampede, if you go to uh, blackunicorncreative.com and I deliver insights like this weekly. And on the Digital Hoofprint podcast, I am really focusing on talking through some of the mindset things that come with building an equine business online. Because I've gotten so much more clear on my, my vision and the mission that I am after with Black Unicorn Creative that this podcast is going to be a vehicle for that shift. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope you gathered something from it. If you have, head over to Facebook or Instagram, tag me and your post. Let me know what you thought, what you got from this. And if there's anything that, any questions, shoot it to my DMs, please. Please do not be afraid to ask for help. Do not be afraid to invest in yourself. Do not be afraid to say, actually, this is what I need. So how do I get it? You're going to have to be able to communicate that. And so I challenge you to really take the time to do that for yourself. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And these podcasts are going to be every other week because that is what I'm going to be able to do. (laughs) That is what I can stick to. So I will see you again in two weeks for another episode. Thank you so much for listening. See you guys next time.